Welcome to the Switch Style Podcast, where we encourage you to think beyond what you hear. I'm your host, and I go by the name of Smooth. And audience, welcome back to the podcast. This is actually episode 78. Got a great episode coming up for you guys. But before I do that, I want to let you all know that you can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can also find it on jacksjournal.com. That's J-A-C-S-Journal.com. You can find my written takes and the podcast as well. But audience, welcome back. And I do want to let you guys know, if you listen on iTunes, if you're listening right now on iTunes, I would love to have you guys go write a review of the podcast. If you like what you hear, let me know. If you don't like it, do the same. You know, we would love to get some reviews on iTunes. So if you have any feedback for us, please go to iTunes and write a quick review, whatever you want to say. We would greatly appreciate it. But let's go ahead and jump into it. I'm actually going to give you guys my take on Janae Iko's sophomore LP, which is titled Trip. And I'll actually refresh the Billboard charts for you guys. So it's actually going to be a pretty quick show. But without further delay, let's go ahead and jump into things. So here we go. On the Hot 100. Cardi B earns a third consecutive week at number one with Bodak Yellow Money Moves. J Balvin and Willie William move to number three with their remix of Majente, which features Beyonce. Imagine Dragons also moving to the top ten with their latest single, Thunder, rising to number seven. That wraps up the Hot 100, so congrats to all of those who made moves into the top ten. And on the Billboard 200, Country star Shania Twain takes the top spot with their latest album, Now. Now earned 170,000 units, 134,000 of those were traditional album sales. Legendary rock star Tom Petty, he lands at number two with his greatest hits, which is actually a re-entry. The set earned 84,000 units, 52,000 of those were traditional album sales. And audience, if you don't know, Tom Petty actually passed been about a week now so rest in peace tom petty and honestly i can say that i i'm not overly familiar with his music but he is widely recognized as one of music's greats. so you know it's definitely a, a really sad loss for the music community overall and not just music itself but life in general so it was a pretty tough loss but rest in peace but back to the 200 Demi Lovato's latest, Tell Me You Love Me, debuts at number three with 74,000 units. 48,000 of those were traditional album sales. And New York MC A Boogie With The Hoodie starts at number four with his full-length studio debut, The Bigger Artist, which earned 67,000 units. Only 10,000 of those were traditional album sales. So a lot of streaming units from A Boogie With The Hoodie. And last but not least, Miley Cyrus scores the last new entry into the top 10 with her latest Younger Now, which lands at number five with 45,000 units. 33,000 of those were traditional album sales. So congrats to all of the artists who made moves on the charts this week. So we'll actually move on to Janae Aiko. And audience, if you haven't heard Janae Aiko before, I'll give you a quick rundown on who she is, where she came from, well, where she's from, and, you know, I'll just give you sort of her backstory just to catch you up. So here we go. Janae Aiko was born March 16th, 1988 in Los Angeles, California. 
Janae mostly started by singing background vocals for the then popular boy band B2K in the early 2000s. And if you're not familiar with B2K, they were in the movie You Got Served and Omarion was the lead singer. He's probably the most popular figure from the group. So if you don't know B2K, that's a tidbit or some quick info on them. According to research, Janae was also in a short-lived group named Girl with her sisters Miyoko and Jamila, who is also known as singer Mila J. So if you know about Mila J, if you didn't know, but if you're listening, you probably do know that Janae Aiko and Mila J are sisters. In 2011, Janae released her Selling Soul mixtape, which eventually led to a deal with Def Jam in 2012. She also has a joint deal with super producer No ID's Artium imprint or label. Janae's debut EP, Sell Out, landed in 2013 and featured the hit single, The Worst. Janae's official debut album, Sold Out, arrived in 2014, and then she joined now boyfriend rapper Big Sean to form the duo 2088, and some news came out earlier this week or late last week that Janae actually has a tattoo of Big Sean. I think it's on her arm, but we'll just leave it at that. She has a tattoo of Big Sean, and she's also recently divorced from Dr. Genius, who also produces on the album we're going to talk about in a second, and I'll tell you more soon. 2088's first self-titled project debuted in 2016, and Janae's sophomore LP trip followed this year, September 2017, and the actual release date was September 22nd, 2017. But to date, Janae has collected five entries on Billboard's Hot 100 chart, four top 10 releases on the Billboard 200, and three Grammy nominations. So I'll go ahead and give you guys my take on Janae Iko's sophomore album, which is titled Trip. So here we go. Love, Texas. It's a real trip. It's a small excerpt from a singular song but it perfectly encompasses R&B star Janae Aiko's journey through love's uneven terrain on her sophomore LP. An audience, that excerpt came from the title track, which is called Trip Also. The album concurrently details Aiko's brief marriage to producer Dot Genius, her brief struggle with gateway narcotics, and a newfound love with frequent collaborator and 2088 partner, I Decided MC, Big Sean. And audience, just a quick note. Dr. Genius, who Janae Aiko just divorced, their divorce is now final. He also produces five of the 22 tracks on the standard edition. But if you get the deluxe edition from Target, he produces two of those tracks. So in all, it's about seven in total. But back to Trip. As it is packaged, Trip appears to be an ambitious effort with 22 tracks spanning two separate discs. History has taught us that double albums normally prove to be an arduous task for their creators, and like other predecessors, Trip leaves much room for error. However, in this case, the project functions as more of a vehicle for a personal excursion as opposed to a blockbuster designed to advance her professional ambition. The majority of the project is scored by longtime associates Fisticuffs, and though it's a production duo, they also have produced for Miguel and Jasmine Sullivan. And she also recruits producer keyboardist Amari Johnson, who played a big part in Big Sean's last album, I Decided. 
The music itself is merely an extension of the Grammy nominee's hallmark ethereal sound. Throughout, it fluidly transitions from airy, heavenly bliss to horrifically melancholy. The first set of 11 songs features Tripp's best moments. The Los Angeles native feels reinvigorated as she proudly professes her love for her new beau on While We're Young. As almost if on cue, Big Sean arrives as they both look for it and consummate on the duet moments and then team on the horn accented Only Lovers Left Alive. When We Love is complete euphoria with lines as delicate like it's those sweet little nothings, that's all I need to keep me here. Sway Lee, half of rap duo Ray Shrimmer, joins on the superb Puff Pass session sativa, and Iko then reinforces her love for a new sweetheart on New Balance. It's a stirring tribute that perfectly displays her commitment to a new adventure with the man who she fell in love with right away, and one that she's pledged unwavering loyalty to. And that man I'm talking about is Big Sean. Guitar virtuoso John Mayer lends a hand on the first of her trademark freestyles, newer balance freestyle, while Never Call Me is the beginning of a painful transition to Tripp's Dark Side, or second set of 11. The songstress channels her dismissive tone from her signature hit, The Worst, as she berates her now ex-husband and even tags a fiery voicemail from rapper Corrupt, who affectionately dubs himself his big brother. Ico spirals out of control on the dark set of songs, that provide further insight into the dramatic events that make up Tripp's remaining content. This stretch is probably the album's most polarizing and unenjoyable patch, but it is a necessary bridge that adds a compelling layer to Ico's evolving public profile. And audience, the songs that I'm talking about are Nobody Overestimated, Bad Trip Interlude, Silo Sibin, and that was actually it. Those are the four songs that I'm actually talking about. And the traumatic events were the divorce from Dr. Genius and the loss of her brother. More importantly, it's an essential step for a songwriter whose previous work lacked such complexity. As the album closes, she finds fulfillment on a tender duet with her daughter and a pair of inspirational cuts. All things considered, Trip is a step in the right direction for the petite songbird. Despite his flaws, the effort surpasses her debut sold out easily. Trip is a more interesting effort, which on the surface is inspired by real-life events. The authenticity makes it a worthwhile listen, but most listeners are likely to get lost in the abundance of songs. Trip would have easily been a more productive record with a reduced set list, but it's nearly impossible to traverse Iko's quest without a complete narrative of her experiences. She said it best on the title track, Love pays, but love taxes. It's a real trip. It's not a quick trip. The same holds true for the music itself. Hopefully the travelers have enough patience to take the journey. So there you go, audience. That's my take on Janae Iko's sophomore album, which is titled Trip. And for the most part, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I hate long albums. Like, I absolutely despise long albums. And this one... It's 22 songs long, and it plays at around 85 minutes, which in my opinion is a very long time. But that aside, there are probably about four or five good records that I really like, starting with While We're Young, Sativa's a good one, When We Love, Never Call Me is a good one, 
and New Balance. Those are actually my favorites on the album. And the duet with their daughter, Sing to Me, well, her daughter's name is Namiko Love. So I do like that one. And she also had a cut with Brandy, which was titled Ascension, and another one that preceded Ascension titled Frequency. Those were probably my favorites from the album. But overall, I think it could have been a lot more effective, the album as a whole, if she really cut out half of the songs, honestly. Honestly, I don't think it changes anything for NRB. I think when she came out a few years ago, in a way, you could say that she probably occupied her own space. It was a very small space, but you could probably say that she occupied her own space. But now, in the last year or two, you've seen people like SZA and Kehlani and, you know, just enough a complete other host of R&B artists who've come and surpassed her, in my opinion. But overall, I, you know, I think it was a, a solid effort. I think it's better than her debut. I do hear progress. I think she's definitely making progress. But if you like Janae Iko, this is pretty much more of the same. Overall, I think it's a better version of the same stuff that she's been doing, if that makes any sense. What she does best, she's doing it better now, in my opinion. But the album really suffers from the length. A lot of the songs could have been left off. There's a lot of filler material. But I love her honesty on this album. I love that she really opened up and spoke about her relationship with Big Sean, her now finalized divorce, and the loss of her brother and how it all affected her. And it's funny, in my review, I I mentioned that even though I think she could take a lot of the songs off, some of the less liked songs, I think they are important to tell the story, if that makes any sense. So as a whole, I'm not crazy about it. If I had to recommend, I would say you could probably pass on this one, but there are songs that I do like, and some of those songs are Never Call Me, New Balance, Sativa, When We Love, While We're Young, Moments with Big Sean was a solid one. A lot of people like Only Lovers Are Left Alive, so there's a lot here to like. It is a worthwhile listen, but for the most part, if I had to recommend, I would say you could probably pick up a few songs and skip the majority of it, but... That's pretty much my take on it. But audience, you know, thank you for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. And again, remember, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, go write a review. We would definitely love to have a review. And if you write a review, I'll actually read it on the next show. Yeah, if you go write a review on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever, if you write a review of the podcast, I'll actually read it on the next show so thanks again audience i appreciate it and i'll see you guys next time peace